and go through some of these main verses. And then I want to explain to you, because this whole thing is about pretty much Paul trying to encourage people um, that are in your shoes. And I think it's powerful. And I think that God's going to encourage us. At the end, I want us to pray together and worship together and, that, and let the Holy Ghost just encourage all of you. So thank you once again for being here. First Corinthians 7 and 1. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. What in the world is this about? <laughs> this is church folks. And he's talking about a man not touching a woman. Well, chapter 1, Paul was told about divisions in the church. And then in chapter 5, Paul references sexual immorality in the church. So there is a church in Corinth that just because they're church members doesn't mean they don't have issues with relationships, issues with uh, men uh, not keeping them hands to themselves, issues with sexual immorality in the church. So this was written to Paul, and he wanted to deal with it with that church because there are issues in churches that revolve around relationships and sexual immorality, and Paul wanted to deal with it because it can become a great trap to us. Um, so that's kind of what the, the, con, the whole context is right now. Now, to give you a little background, 1 Corinthians 5 and 1 says, it is actually reported there is sexual immorality among you. He's talking to the Corinthian church. Such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, which is even worse. I mean, it's not just sexual immorality. It's, it's with your mother-in-law. Mm. Let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, some of y'all don't know about that, but I do. Yeah, I have a mother-in-law, so yeah. I, uh, this scripture, it is, uh, it's a big scripture. So this is happening in the church, and that just tells us that lust exists among church folks. It exists among church people, even among the married, not just the unmarried, but it even exists among the married. And Paul is attempting to help the church with this issue. Number one, he stated, he started by saying, don't touch. And this is just good church practice right here off the bat is one way that we can make sure that we keep ourselves right and holy uh, against uh, sexual immorality and fornication is, is for the opposite genders not to touch. And that's what Paul said. Um, specifically, technically, he told the man not to touch because traditionally men are the ones who are tempted to to touch. And so he said that it's better, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. It literally means in the Greek to not touch. It literally means to not make contact. Uh, he said it's good. He didn't say it was a sin to shake somebody's hand. It didn't say it was a sin to do that. Let's, can't, let's don't get weird, okay, with the biblical teaching. He didn't say it was, it was that you could not have any kind of contact. He said it's just better to keep the physical contact at an absolute minimum. That's what he said. Um, it's protective. So we can scan this next section for context and in case you were to get married one day because it's potential that anyone in this room, you could get married if it was the Lord's will. This is not a, this is not a session about I'm single and I'll be single forever. That is not the purpose of this tonight. This is about while you're single, while you're unmarried, be the best and the most you can be. And I will just stop and pause right here and tell you that your best chances, if it's the Lord's will to ever get married, your best chances come from being content while you're unmarried. 
Um, there's nothing more attractive to someone than someone who is unmarried and completely content. When you're desperate, you know, you, you're not near as attractive. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about as a person. When you're desperate, you're not near as attractive to someone who is Christian and holy. And so uh, you've got to learn to live powerful where you are right now. If it's ever God's will for anyone in this room to be married one day, and it possibly will be, probably will be. There's probably several of you that will get married. That's great. Um, you need to understand this next section just in case it ever applies to you. So I'll give you some context with the rest of these verses here, uh, verses 2 through 6. Here we go. Paul said, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, we're in 1 Corinthians 7, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection that is due to her and likewise also the wife to her husband. So remember the context here is making sure that there's no sexual immorality in the church and making sure their relations are holy and healthy. There's no fornication. And so Paul begins to say that men and women who are married need to go ahead and just, they need to be, the, they need to be together and they need to be flirting with each other. And that way there's no temptation to flirt with somebody else. And so basically he's saying one way to keep sexual immorality out of the church is for marriages to stay strong. That way you're happy in your marriage. And that way, those that are unmarried are not having to uh, get mixed and mingled in with people who are married. So the whole goal here is for him to fix the overall problem in the church. And eventually he gets into this whole topic about it's better to stay unmarried, which we'll get to in a little while. And so verse 4 says, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Verse 5, Do not deprive one another except for consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. This is talking about intimacy between a husband and a wife. And then come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of, lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. This is basically Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, giving good advice, all right? So while that might not pertain to you right now, it might pertain to you one day, especially if you're like, in the name of Jesus, I'm getting married one day. So if that's you, then at least use this scripture for your future. Uh, now notice the shift away from married to unmarried because that's what's about to happen next in this topic, okay? That's what's about to happen. The unmarried can lust also just like the married can. And so he's in a shift over in verse 7. For I wish that all men were even as myself. And we find out later in context this means that he wishes all men were single. I mean, that's literally what it means. It's the complete context. You don't ever hear anybody talk about it. You don't ever hear anybody mention it. Uh, in the past, singles ministry has always felt like, uh, you know, you poor pitiful thing, hang in there till you get married. That's not the scripture. That's not, that's not the word of God. That's not the truth. And we're going to have to speak the truth. This is the word of God. So Paul says, I wish. Now that word I, I wish means I think it'd be good. This is not a commandment from God. God is not saying that you have to stay single. That is not what's happening. Paul is single. And guess what Paul is saying? I'm single I'm doing really well being single. So let's just clear the air right now. The Apostle Paul, the man who wrote most of the letters of the church, the apostle who started churches, who turned the world upside down, he did it without a spouse. You can do a lot of things right now. And that is the spirit of what we're going to talk about tonight, is you can do a lot of things right this minute while you're unmarried. The devil will tell you you're incomplete. The devil will tell you that you need to wait. But the truth is, Paul said, I wish you would all learn to live like me because I'm getting a lot of things done while I'm unmarried, okay? So he said, but each one has his own gift from God 
one after this manner and other after that. What that means is, is that some people do better in marriage for ministry, but some people do better single, unmarried for ministry. Everyone has their gift, okay? So God knows our gift, what we can offer to the kingdom. This just tells us that some people will do more for the Lord, not married. Some people will do more for the Lord, married. It depends on you, your gift, what God has for your life. Um, I, I could take time tonight and talk to you about a lot of great people who did a lot of great things. The one that stands out the most was, is an, an evangelist, possibly a prophet, Lee Stone King, who has lived uh, his life uh, unmarried. I don't know early on if he was ever married, but I know that he, he lived his whole life in ministry single. And he travels the entire world preaching, seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. If you ever want to look up a man who doesn't have a spouse, but he is free to minister in the Holy Ghost and content to walk with Jesus without a woman, then go look up Lee Stone King and watch his videos when he preaches. Because it's possible for you to have a powerful walk with God in ministry and not be married. It's possible. In fact, some might argue that it is because Lee Stone King is not married that he is able to do the things that he does. Maybe if he was married, he wouldn't be a lesser of a minister. Maybe. Everyone's got to have their gift. Your own way. Verse 8, but I say to the unmarried and to the widows, if you're a widow tonight, I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. He repeats it again. He says it's good for you to stay single. He didn't say do it. He said it's good. He's talking about the benefits, okay? This is not about talking you into not getting married. That is not what I'm trying to do. That's not what Paul's trying to do. Paul is trying to make sure you understand there are good things in your life right this minute that you'll never have if you get married one day. As soon as you're married, things will change. And that doesn't mean for the better. It just will change. So while you were unmarried, Paul is trying to help you see something that culture has never seen because everyone always hurries to get married, especially in their culture. Everybody got married. I mean, they, they would like get together, play cards, and give away their daughters over card games. It would just, and that's a joke. My point is, is they would like say, my daughter needs to marry your son. She's 16. Let's get rid of her. It was just in their culture, they would marry, marry, marry at young ages because that's what you did. But Paul has an enlightened moment where Paul realizes, I'm traveling the world, turning the world upside down with the gospel, and I'm single. What if everybody else was single? Maybe we could do more of what Paul does. So Paul is trying to give us the other side of unmarried, the other side of being unmarried. So he said, it's good to remain as I am. Verse 9, here's the way out though, okay? Because some of y'all are like, Lord, I don't want to be a missionary in Africa. I don't want to do this. Okay, this sounds great. I'm not that spiritual. I'm just trying to right now finish reading my Bible through, okay? Uh, I'm not trying to be this Apostle Paul. So can we just go ahead and give me the way out? Yes, there's a way out, all right? The way out right here, verse 9. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, all right? If, if you're going to constantly be out of control because you can't have a companion, then Paul is saying, then go, go look and go get married. Start praying about it. Go get married. It's, it's not a sin to get married, obviously. Obviously. It's not a sin to get married if you cannot exercise self-control. The King James Version says that, well, actually it says it right here. It is better to marry than to burn. It's better to marry than to burn. And that probably doesn't mean in context go to hell, burn in hell. <laughs> 
even though it might have some context to it. <laughs> if you are uh, fornicating, then yes, you, you better get married because that's the other kind of burning that will happen if you live in sin. So it is better to marry than to burn with like a passion. It's better to get married if you've prayed and you fasted, if you prayed and you fasted, and every time you get done praying, it's like, but I want to be married. Then get married. Stop living your whole life miserable, right? It's okay. Most people will try to get married. So Paul says that if it doesn't work for you, then get married. Don't stress. Don't feel bad. Have a big wedding. We're all going to celebrate. We'll all go hang out, okay? We're not going to look down and be like, this guy, he's, he's a loser. He got married. Yeah. We're not trying to divide the church right now. We're like, who's better than who? We're talking about the benefits of being an unmarried person and what you could do with your life today if you would just embrace this season. This is not saying, I'm going to stay single, thank God. Unless you feel that, unless after I get done, the Lord works with you on that, that's fine. Let the Lord work that out. So, so he's saying here, if you need to do it, do it. Verse 10 through verse 16, let me just summarize. It deals with uh, being married and getting converted after. So just to give more context about ver- chapter 7, it deals with being married and getting converted after. So people who are already married and then they get in church. He gives some advice to them. Uh, basically, he says to make it work, don't give up on them uh, without compromising your convictions. So basically what Paul says is if you're married and then you get in church, he said, don't just get rid of your spouse. Don't be like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm married now and, and I mean, I'm, I've got Jesus now and uh, I'm about to get rid of you because you're not a Christian. So he teaches them don't, don't divorce because of different beliefs. That's not a reason for divorce. So Paul is explaining this. Interesting note in verse 10 and 11. Let me give verse 10 and 11 to you. Now to the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. Just an interesting note there because I know there's a lot of debate on marriage and divorce and remarriage. Just something interesting to keep in context here is that you don't just say, hey, I'm done with you and go find somebody else. Uh, It's very clear here that uh, even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or try to make it work and go back to that original husband. And so he's just laying down some ground rules here for marriage and divorce. And that's important to keep in context whenever you're thinking about getting married. Use the Word of God to decide all those things. I can't get into all that tonight, but it is, it is there. It's interesting to, to keep in mind. Now, verse 17 through 24, it can be summarized by verse 20. Here we go. This is so cool, and it's never talked about, but look at verse 20. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. This is going to be important in a little bit, okay? So right now where you are, the, the God is trying to call you to something, and you have to understand that you have everything you need where you are right now. You don't need somebody to fulfill the call. You don't need to get rid of somebody to fulfill the call. So if you're married, you don't have to get rid of somebody to do the call of God. If you're unmarried, you don't have to try to get married to fulfill the call of God. So the whole point here in this context is to remain in the same calling in which you were called. So wherever you're at when God begins to work with you, God will work with you where you are. And this is important uh, because there were slaves in the Bible that would give like a seven-year contract. And they were literally slaves to a master with a contract. And whenever they would be converted and receive the Holy Ghost in, in the first church, um, they had to stay a slave. They had to stay a slave, but yet they were free. They were free in Christ, but they were bound to their masters. And Paul did not tell them to go to their master and say, forget the contract, rip it up, because I'm free. He said, stay a slave 
finish your contract because the calling of God does not say that you have to get out of all your all these things that you're in now. God wants to work where you're at. So the point is, God wants to work where you are right now. If you're unmarried, God wants to work through you right now. Right now, right where you are, God wants to work through you. So you're not incomplete. Don't, don't say, well, if I wasn't a slave, or if I was married, if I was this. No, Paul is saying there are no excuses. He wants to use you right now where you are in your life right now god wants to begin to work through you so it's a lot on the topic of um of being a slave being free um he goes on to say if you're free don't don't choose to be a slave uh be free if you can be free be free remember this is all about the context of if you have the freedom then use the freedom for god now to the main topic that we need to hear tonight. Okay, here we go, verse 25. This is where it all comes together, and we have to really understand this because this is the power, the empowerment that God wants to give to each of you, each of you, and those watching online, to each of you. Verse 25, now concerning the virgins, which would be the unmarried, another word they would use in the Bible, concerning the virgins. I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loose from your wife. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Now look what he said. He said in context, because of the distress of the day. What was the distress of their day? They were under great persecution. Now imagine the church is under great persecution and the Roman soldiers are coming to knock your door down and take you to jail and you've got a wife and kids. Imagine if you're a preacher of the gospel and they, they say to your wife, tell us where your husband is or we'll kill your kid. Look, look what's happening in context, y'all. When you're tied to things of the world, they can be used against you. Look what Paul is saying. Let's catch the spirit of this tonight. We want to attach ourselves to people. We want to have big families, but we don't think about the day we're living in. Even Jesus said, woe unto those who give suck in the last days, which means woe unto you who have babies in the last days because you're going to wish you hadn't. It's going to be so bad, you won't be able to find a school to put them in. You won't be able to get a phone out of their hands. You're going to wish you never had kids in the last days because it's going to be so evil. So the context here that Paul is trying to say is, is please understand that because of the present distress, the more attachments you have in the world, the more they can be used against you. So because of the persecution, because of the distress, it's good for man to remain once again, remain as he is. Don't get more attachments. Verse 28, but even if you do marry, you have not sinned. Wow, you can take a deep breath. Thank you, Jesus. I can get married still. Even if you do marry, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh, but I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Wow, this guy is serious. He's not trying to break up marriages. He's not trying to get us to not love our spouses. He's trying to change our perspectives. We cannot be so attached to the world and the things of the world, and marriage is a thing of the world. There will be no marriage or giving a marriage in heaven. Okay? So we get so attached, we get in the rat race. Everybody's getting married. It's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, in relationship, in relationship, single, 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 in relationship, in relationship, single. 
And you think that you're a loser, you think that you're a nobody, and the devil lies to you. And that's why Paul wrote this to encourage people who are unmarried to tell you, you don't need more attachments to be, to be happy, to do life right, to serve God. You don't need to tie yourself down more. Maybe use your freedom. Maybe use your freedom for God. And so he's given this big spiel on the times and the days and how we're supposed to put Jesus first and not get so tied down with playing home life that we miss out on the will of God for our lives. Verse 30, those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is just simply passing away right before our eyes, and yet all we want to do is just go get married. As the world falls apart, the only thing we can think about is someone to love us. Paul is trying to put us in a bigger perspective. You're already loved. You've already loved. You're already loved. You're already in something. You're not a loser. You already have the Spirit of God. You've got a calling on your life. There's something big God can do with you today. There's nothing wrong. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. You're, in fact, you're, you're powerful just the way you are. And that's what Paul is trying to teach. The world is passing away, and here we are always trying to add more of the world. Because everybody else is doing it. We should do it. Yeah. Verse 32. But I want you to be without care, for he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. This is getting real, y'all. Some of y'all are going to feel real spiritual, so don't get, too, don't get too high and mighty on us today. Just because, I'm, just because we're married up in here. Don't start feeling like you can, you can be my pastor, all right? So, so look what he says. He who is unmarried, he who is unmarried, cares for the things of the Lord. That's what the Bible says, right? How he may please the Lord. When you choose to stay unmarried, and you know they're lining up for you, or you know you could settle for someone you really don't care about, just to say you got somebody, you do it because why? Because you're trying to make sure it pleases the Lord. See what's happening is when you delay and you stay, you stay unmarried a little longer and you're getting a little older and you're wondering why, you know why you're doing it? Because you're trying to make sure you do things right and it pleases the Lord. I really want you to be encouraged tonight. You're not in a hurry to get married. You know why? Because you want to make sure you please the Lord. You don't want to just do something for you. You know, y'all know, y'all could go find anybody, anywhere, somebody desperate, and they'll marry you. If you're ready tomorrow, they'll go to Vegas, and they'll hook you up with Elvis, and you can get married. You can do it for $100, all right? You can go do it if you want to, but you know why you're delaying? You're delaying because you want to make sure it's right with the Lord. See? So you need to, you need to pat yourself on the back, because y'all could have settled by now. You could have found somebody. You could have found somebody trashy. You could have, but you know you didn't. And so you know what? My hat's off to you. Literally, I don't have one on right now. My hat is off to all of you. You know why? Because I know you could have got desperate. I know you could have said Jesus is not enough, but yet still here you are serving God. And I'm telling you tonight, this is powerful. And don't you dare let the enemy tell you that you're a loser, or you're nothing, that you're incomplete. It's not true. It is not true at all. But he who, he who is married, verse 33, cares about the things of the world. Help me, Jesus. I'm just a worldly man. But to be fair, I was 21 when I got married. 
yeah. <laughs> and I was definitely a lot more worldly <laughs> when I was 21. How he may please his wife. You're more worldly. Care more about the things of the world. Because marriage and giving a marriage is more of a, a earthly thing. It's not an eternal thing. So whenever you choose to get married, it's because you want to have more of a lockdown relationship with someone and all the package that comes with it. And you know what's going to happen when you get married. You're going to be locked down. And a part of you is like, I want that. But the other, the other part is, it's going to cost you too. It's a package. You can't just get married and do what you want. Now you have to consider the other person, everything that you do. Everything that you do. Everything God speaks to you, you got to make sure that the person's on board with it. See? Yeah. This is why he talked about it, y'all. Verse 34. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit, but she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. It is a concern now of the female that I want to make sure my husband is pleased with me. See, right now you don't have to worry about that, ladies. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to wait. You've got a lot of things to worry about, but here's one thing you don't have to worry about. When I wake up in the morning, what does he think about me? Does he care about me? Does, is he pleased with me? You don't have to worry about that. Maybe you want to. Maybe that's what you're dreaming of, but right now you don't have to add that to your plate. Right now, right now, you can be considered like a virgin cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be both holy in body and spirit. What could God do with a bunch of women, a bunch of men who are holy, who think about the Lord, who walk with God? What could you do with the Lord in this place of holiness, purity? Now tell them what God could do through you in Jesus' name. Verse 35, and then we'll get down to the main part without distraction. Verse 35, and this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and you that you may serve the Lord without distraction. The entire purpose of this context is so that unmarried people can understand right now you have far less distractions than people who are married. So let's talk about that, what it looks like, okay? The context of marriage here is viewed through the lens of eternity. Paul is possibly the most impactful follower of Christ of his time, and Paul is unmarried. That's the truth. Paul is amplifying the power of freedom. Men must love their wives. Women must submit to their husbands. Neither can truly do God's will without their marriage partner's agreement. So whenever God speaks to a married person, it takes the other married person for them to get their one flesh now. So if God speaks to me, he can't just speak to me. My wife has got to agree with what God spoke. So now if we disagree, we can't get anything done. See the, see the problem? See the problem? But guess what? Not for you. If God tells you right now to do something, you ask nobody. You go to the store. If you want to get something to food, you go. You, you want to go out of town? You don't say nothing to nobody. You just go out of town. But when you're married, that's not how it works. You won't stay married long. Nope. You can get married if you need to. Yeah, we, we covered that. But until then, do not feel sorry for yourself and do not think that you're lesser than. 
Because here, here's what the devil says. Nobody wants you. That's not true. That's a lie. That is not true. Okay? You're not settling. That's the truth. The truth is you're not settling. Somebody would take you. Somebody would want you. But you're not settling because you're trying to please the Lord. This is not about you being broken, so stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Stop hitting yourself on the head saying, I just wish somebody would want me. That is not what this is about. You've got to be free of that spirit because it wants to wreck you. It wants to rip you into pieces. It wants to fight you and make you insecure all the time. That is not what this is about. There is a way to be greatly used in the church and not be married. And it's sad, listen, it's sad that we've let our unmarrieds feel weaker and incomplete until they're married. It's sad that we've created a culture where it's like, well, just, you know, you're not quite there. You're not graduated yet. You're not ready to do anything because, you know, you're unmarried. It's sad when the Apostle Paul and Jesus Christ were unmarried. That's not biblical. It's not right. And we've got to preach the truth. Because far too many unmarried people are not satisfied because they don't understand the power of being a single person. You've got to embrace it. You've got to embrace it. Okay? This is so important. While you're unmarried, you've got to find joy. You have to master this. You have to. You have got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am not a loser. I'm not someone nobody wants. I'm not settling for a loser. I'm not settling unless it's God's will. I want to do God's will and I want to please God. And if he wants me to get married, if it's the will of God to get married, then I'll do it. That's fine. But you have got to get joy right now. I already told you, if you're ever going to get married, you've got to be comfortable in your own skin first. Because whoever's looking at you, they don't want to marry somebody. If it's someone quality, they don't want to marry somebody beat up and broken all the time with all kinds of issues. So you've got to get a power about you that says, I'm good all by myself. There's nothing more attractive, nothing, than someone who has a walk with God and doesn't have to have somebody to make it. It's a beautiful thing. And so that's the only way it will work. Listen, being married will not fix you. It's a lie. It doesn't fix you. Well, if I was just married, everything would be okay. No, not true. There's a lot of miserable married people right now. There's a lot of miserable married people right now. And you know what they say? They say in, in whenever they're mad or in counseling, and stuff, they say, I'm stuck in this marriage. I can't do anything. They're always griping. I can't get away. I can't escape. This is what some angry married people say. This is a reality for a lot of marriages, unfortunately. Okay? Getting married will not fix you. It won't fix you. No, nope. that's what the devil wants to, to lie to you about. Also understand this, lust doesn't go away with marriage. So if you're a guy and you're like, if I can just get married, everything will be okay. That's not true. Lust doesn't go away. And if, even if you're a female and you battle with lust, lust doesn't go away when you get married. That's a lie. If that were the case, why is there adultery? If lust goes away when you get married because you're like, I have a lust problem. I could just get married. I'd be fine. Nope. You'll still have a lust problem. That's a spiritual issue. You're carnal. You've got to fix that. You better fix it first. Because if you don't, you'll think you're in love when you're in lust. So you've got to get that fixed right now. That way you can find, if you're going to get married, the right person. So being married will not fix you. Lust does not go away with marriage. This is why men still cheat. 
Wanting a man to love you doesn't go away with marriage. Men, many men struggle with loving their wives sufficiently. Being married doesn't mean he'll love you. Don't believe the lie. Do not believe the lies of the devil who say to you, if you would just get some man. Look, this isn't Instagram. This isn't Facebook photos. This is real life. Look up the number of marriages who end in divorce. Look at the number of people who are miserable in marriages. And do not fall for that trap. You are not a desperate Christian unmarried person. Okay? Get free of that. You're a free person. That's what I want you to catch. You're a free person. Find joy knowing that there's nobody that can bring you down but yourself. That's powerful, y'all. Y'all hear me? That is, that is power right there. That is power. I mean, there's times my wife, you know, she's, if she's having a tough day and, and I'm struggling, she bring me down. There's times that my wife's doing pretty good and I'm having a bad day, I can bring her down. But guess what, y'all? You're the only one that bring yourself down. That's powerful, y'all. Do not feel sorry for yourself. Do not feel sorry for yourself. Don't do it. Don't do it. So what can you do right now? Right now, right now. Everybody say, what can I do now? You can do whatever God says. Isn't that cool? You can do whatever God says. I can't. God's like, now talk to your wife. Make sure she's on board because you can't do it without her. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go talk to my wife. She said, no, Lord. Well, no. so you just wait and keep praying for her. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the married life that some people think that you want. And if it's for you, great, go do it. God, it's great in its own way. It's a beautiful thing in its own way. I'm not trash in marriage. I chose it. I love it. But it's, it's a different thing. It's a package. It's, it's difficult and great. But so is being unmarried. It's difficult and great. You've got to see it that way, though. You've got to see it that way. So let's talk about the application, the practicality of all this. What can you do right now? Whatever God says. That is beautiful, y'all. What was that, Lord? Do you want me to go to Walmart 11 o'clock tonight and just, just witness people? Okay, great. I'm sure that will go great my wife. Hey, babe, I'm going to go to Walmart because, you know, I'm going to witness no, you're not. You're staying home. <laughs> Take a body cam because I don't trust you. You ain't going nowhere tonight at 11 o'clock. You're staying in this bed right here. But y'all, y'all go. Y'all do whatever you want. See, you're free. You're Apostle Paul out there. Yeah. So I just want to tell you as your pastor, we, we need your freedom right now at AFC because you're special. You're special to God. You're special to the kingdom. And we have got people that have not reached their potential because of this spirit that breaks you down because you're not married. And it's not true. And that's why tonight I want to tell you, we need you right now. Because some of y'all are going to get married. And that's why until you do, be busy, busy, busy in the kingdom. Because when you get married, things will change. Use it, y'all. Use it. The Lord wants to use it right now. Maybe you're sitting around and you're like, I don't know why. I feel stuck. Maybe you're stuck because God's trying to launch you into single ministry. Not singles, ministry. He's trying to launch you into being single and having a ministry. You need to prove to God that right now while you're single, right now, you can serve him and be happy. Because I'm telling you, if it is God's will, someone will be watching you, happy, serving God. And they'll say, now that's who I want to marry. 
You can't go wrong doing it God's way. Because if you're going to get married, that's the way you'll get married. If you're not, it doesn't matter. You're going to be good anyway. You're content either way you win doing it the way the word says. Listen, you're unique. You're special because you have freedom. And we're busy trying to agree right now. My wife and I, every married couple, we're busy trying to agree all the time. We're busy trying to raise our kids all the time. It's very difficult and it's very wonderful, but we've got a lot we've got to do that we're not near as free. We're not near as free. So you're unique, you're special, and God can use that gift. We have to consider each other before doing something. You don't have to do that. And also, listen, you don't have to be bored being unmarried. I don't know why. What, how are you bored? You can do whatever you want. You're bored? How are you bored? Man, y'all can hang out and play Monopoly with each other. You can go to a 24-hour diner. And, what are you... Are you sad? Why are you? I I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me you're sad. As free as you are, you can do whatever you want. I don't even care what your age is. You're still free. Maybe you'd like going to bed at 8 o'clock, but you can get up at 4 and go meet somebody for coffee. <laughs> I don't care about your age. It don't matter. I'm like, well, I'm too old for all that. No, you can still have fun. You can still connect. You can still do something with your freedom. Use it for good. Use it. Don't be bored. What could you do with your life if you realize the revelation that God has you free for a reason? What could you unlock? What could you accomplish if you realize and wake up one day that I don't have to be bored and sad? I'm free. Man, that's powerful. Here's another question. Just to help you maybe have a better future, what could you have done with all these years? All the extra time that you had. Don't, don't say, unless you truly have been busy, don't say I've been busy. Busy doing what? Busy being single? There are some legit cases in here where you're, you're busy because you're a single parent and you're busy. Or you have an elderly person you take care of, like a mom or a dad, you're busy. But there are other people, there are other people that are single who have none of that all the time in the world. And I just want to make sure soberly I tell you that we'll be judged with every time that we waste on ourselves. Do not be selfish and single. Because you know what? I can't be. It's not really right that single people have to be selfish. Because I can't be to my wife and I can't be to my kids. You know what sometimes makes married and parents a little bit more empathy? Is that we can't be selfish. There's no time. So never let the selfish spirit get a hold of you when you're single and free. Because sometimes that single spirit will let you say, I'll do whatever I, I'll do whatever I want. And it's not the good kind of freedom. It's the selfish kind of freedom. And you'll be held accountable for all the free time you never used for God. As a child of God, you had liberty and freedom to do it, but you didn't do it. What could you have done? You should be less, you should be less busy than people who are married. Unless you're a single parent. I mentioned that. We have a lot of that these days. You're a single parent. You can be very busy as a single parent. Praying for you, hopefully, that you have some kind of a grandparent around. God bless us. God bless the grandparents because they can become lifesavers in those situations. Unless you're caring for an elderly parent and you got a lot of, your hands are full. Okay? So if that's you, then yes, you're going to be busy. And that's why the God gave you the church. That's why God gave you the church. Because, because undefiled, pure religion, James said, is take care of the widows and fatherless. So if you are a single parent, guess what God gave you? True religion helps you when, you're a, when you have fatherless kids. 
and you're a wife without a, you're a mom without a husband. God gave you the church. My encouragement to everyone who says I'm so busy because I'm a single parent is get involved in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, there's collaboration. There's people to help you. There's people to be there with you. But don't go off and be an island to yourself. Go ahead and integrate into the church. Because in the church, there'll be a father mentor. There'll be a father mentor to your kids. In the church, you can have help. And that's why my advice to everyone that has children as a single parent is don't disconnect from the church. Because the church is there to support you whenever you don't have that father figure. And just also let me say, it don't matter if you've got a father or not. Half the men in America aren't there with their kids anyway. So this whole thing about if I just had a dad around, there's a lot of kids that have a dad in their home. And they still don't hang out with them. Remember, don't let the devil lie to you. Well, I just got to hurry and get married so that my boys or my daughter has a father figure. You better get the right one. What if he does stuff to your kids? Do not get desperate. Do not fall for the trap. Don't, don't say things that God doesn't say. Well, I got to get married because I have children because I'm, I'm desperate. Never make a move out of fear or desperation. Never settle because you might get a little bit of attention, but it might ruin your entire family. Don't do it. Get in the church, though. Get your kids in the program, the kids' program. Get, your, get in the church. Make some friends at the church. Get with other moms that are single and collaborate together. Because I promise you, there's people in the church that they would love to help you with your children. That's what the church is all about. So you should be less, you should be less busy. Let's just say that you are. You should have more money. Especially if you're living at home. Now, if you're living at home, working a full-time job, you don't pay no bills... That's called free people right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, then there's people, like she's saying, that you, have, you live alone, pay all your bills, and there's not a second income. But I know a lot of women, Sister Marissa, that they, they live alone, pay all their bills, and take care of a sugar daddy. Should we not talk about that tonight? So you know what? It's still better. It's still better to be alone and pay your bills because then you control the money. But when you add in a man you don't need or you add a woman and you don't need, now you've got somebody that's taking money, maybe not giving money, and you're worse off now, aren't you? And there's a fine line, fine line. And not taking money but getting other things. It's a fine line in calling that prostitution. Yeah. So you got to be careful not to settle for some man, for some loving, because he might not be giving you money. He might be giving you something else. You're not desperate, y'all. You don't, you don't have to do that. Ladies, you don't have to get desperate. You don't have to just pick a man because you're, you're lonely. Don't do it. You're not desperate because you might get some loser. Now you've got, instead of three kids, you've got four, and one's just older. They're all on the same video game. They all eat the same food. They all on the same sleep schedule. Think about it. <laughs> so, so if, if, obviously everybody's money is different, but there could be that you control your own money, you live on a budget, and you, you should be able to save. You should be able to do better. No kids. You've got no kids. If you've got no kids and you've got a full-time job, imagine what these moms are going through that have a full-time job and kids. 
So, so I'm saying, like, you've got to look at you and be like, it, it could be worse. Yeah, that's my point tonight. Yep. So if, if it's you and you've got that extra money, you're doing good and you're budgeting, what do you do with that extra money? Because others, they've got to blow their money and all their kids' braces and all that. Maybe God wants to use you. Maybe God can use you. Maybe you can start a business. Maybe you can do something amazing because you're free. Who knows what God could do with you? Buying happiness because you feel sad or you're by yourself. Single people are some of the worst money people management because you're trying to always buy something to make yourself feel better. Because you're lonely. Single people can eat their feelings. They can take trips because they're sad. You know what? I deserve this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna, ain't nobody else buying me a gift. I'll buy mine for all for self. I'll buy my own gift. <laughs> I know how some of y'all are. So, so single, unmarried people, you want to buy happiness because you think you're sad. That's the problem right there. How much money could you save if you realized that you weren't a loser? How much money could you save right now if you realize you didn't have to buy stuff for yourself to, to make up for a lack of relationship? Just be happy, content. Understand you're powerful and you've got a lot you can offer God. You're lonely? Why are you lonely? Is there a rule in the Bible somewhere where unmarried people can't have fun and hang out with other people? Why are you lonely? I hear it all the time. Well, I'm just lonely. I'm like, hang out with somebody, please. Would you please go and, and, and make a friend? Don't get married to a loser because you have no friends. Get a friend. It's free. Get a friend. It's free. Don't get married. Well, I'm just lonely. I want to get married. I'm lonely. Then get a friend. And then enjoy life being single, right? I don't understand why people, there's. I just want to marry because I'm so lonely. I'm just, you don't understand that you can still hang out and you can hang out all hours of the night. You can do what you want and you can sleep in because you don't, you're free, why are you desperate? Don't be desperate. It's not embarrassing. Quit being embarrassed to show up to events like unmarried event. There are people, hear me when I tell you, that did not come tonight because they're embarrassed. Some of you may have slipped in late on purpose. I said maybe. I said maybe. Because you don't want the awkward, oh, yeah, here we are, single people. Yep, me too. I am too. Yep, nobody wanted me. You, you can't buy that lie. It is not embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. I mean, you know what? I want to change the spirit of the, of, the, of the free people in our church. Where you walk in these meetings like, yeah, that's right. I am free, and I'm going to turn the world upside down because I'm free, and the Holy Ghost is going to use me. That's the spirit I want you to have, not this broken, sad, like, oh, nobody wants me. Get that out of your mind. Paul was not like that. Paul was like, oh, yeah, uh, I need to get a ticket to go to Asia. I'm going to preach there. Uh, anybody else with you? No, just me. I'm good by myself. You, you've got to understand the power that God has given to you. And don't be so sad all the time. It's not embarrassing. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be a threat to a married person. You can hang out with married people without being flirtatious. There doesn't have to be an awkwardness between single people and married people. Just be content with your walk with God to where there's no awkwardness. Well, I just, I feel bad because I'm single and they're all married. Well, don't be a threat. Put your boundaries up there. If you're desperate, we, you can sense it. And maybe married couples will be a little bit like, you, you think they should come? Like, it doesn't have to be awkward for y'all. It doesn't have to be. Just know your boundaries. 
understand that you're okay. You're not looking for any kind of flirt with anybody who's married. You know, some, sometimes whenever you see married people, sometimes the temptation is to get close to them because they're already taken. It seems like they're a better product because someone wanted them. Don't fall for that lie. There's a lot of losers who are married, okay? Don't fall for that. Well, well you know, they, they must be amazing because they're married to someone amazing. Or they just got stuck years ago and they can't get out of it and they're trying to make sure they're still together. They're fighting through it. But, but you, can, you can mingle with the church as a, as a single person and not let it be awkward. You can hang out with other couples. You don't have to, you can be the third wheel is my point. Like we have this culture in the church where it's like, oh, I'm a third wheel. I'm like, why is that going to be bad? The only reason it's bad is whenever you're probably trying to, to flirt with the other one all the time and it makes the other person nervous. You can hang out with anyone you want in the church if you're just content being, being who you are. I'm not trying to get anything. I'm fine. I'm happy. So we, we cause a lot of these issues on our own. So it can be done. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to have that even though you're single. You should, you should be close to God and you should have less distractions. And you should have a whole lot less triggers in your life that can all go wrong. You're not desperate. Everybody say, I'm not desperate. You're not desperate. You're not. Don't be desperate. Don't ever be desperate. Because you'll be desperate and eventually be miserable. Yeah. What about your time? Maybe you can be at the church serving more than anybody else because you don't have to get three kids ready. When I, when I see people that don't got kids and not married, rolling in late, I'm like, did you have a tough morning? I'm sorry, did your Keurig not work? I, if it frustrates me, I, I think it probably really frustrates God when he has someone free live like they're bound. That's what Paul said. Don't get it. Don't become a slave. You know, sometimes as someone who is single, you can become a slave and you add all those weights and chains to yourself and you act like you're busy. Well, you know, pastor, I had to do this. I did. You don't have to do nothing. You're, you're free. Well, I had to. No, you didn't have to. You wanted to. But people who have children and they've got responsibilities and they're married, they actually have to do those things. You don't. And we're all different. You're all in a different place in life, but you're unmarried. So you got to find your place and understand what are you doing with your time? Is it sad that, is it sad that you can serve God more with your time? Is it sad that you can be early to church? Is that really sad? Does that make you feel bad that you're here early because you don't have anyone? Why does it make you sad? Don't be sad. Paul said we all have our gifts, and you've got to use your gift. Your gift might be your free time. So use it. You know who should be at the church the most working? People who have the least responsibilities with marriage and children. So if you're single, and you don't have a bunch of kids to take care of, then you have the most time to be at the, at the church working in the kingdom. Ministry, whatever it is, teaching Bible studies. This is what God wants us to get across to us tonight is that there's so much you can be doing. What are you doing with your time? Because you might have a whole lot more of it. And I think before I close tonight, I think it's time we call it what it is. You are more free than married people and that's a great thing and you ought to rejoice. Start giving God praise. Start being thankful. Wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you for the liberty and freedom I have right now. Because it may come a day where I meet uh, Prince Charming or the princess. It may come a day when I get locked in. And while that's good, it's not better. It's just different. 
So stop waking up in the morning going, here I am again, I'm alone. No, you're not. Get your Bible out. Go into prayer and have a relationship with God because that's what he wants and it's really what you need. And just do that for a season. And if it's God's will for you to be married, if it's God's will to happen, it will happen on the road of finding joy and contentment and comfort in your own life, in your own skin. Okay? Take care of you right now because there ain't nobody else to take care of. Take care of you. If you're a single parent, put all your energy into your kids. Do it. Because you can. Because there's no distraction. There's, you might wish there was a man around to help you or a woman around to help you or whatever your case is. But they're not there. And that means they're not there to hurt you either. So it's just you. Build those children. Build them for God. And thank, get up in the morning and say, God, I, I kind of wish I had help, but I'm glad there's no loser in my life to mess up my kids. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, it could be worse. I could have some horrible dad around that's always mad because some people are stuck. You're not stuck. You're free. Thank God. So here's my closing, and then we're going we're gonna to have a little time just pray together. I don't want to keep you late tonight. just want to have a little time to pray. My wife can lead us in some worship for a minute before we go, but this is the best scripture to end on to me right here. 1 Corinthians 7, 21. We're, we're still in that chapter. Paul said, were, were you called while a slave? Do not be con- concerned about it. But if you can be made free, you know, rather use it. If you can be free, get free. If you can be free, get free. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. If you're a slave right now, let's just say you're under contract, because that's what it means in biblical language, you're still free, Okay? So if you think you're stuck in something right now, but you have the Lord, you're free because you have a spirit. But watch the other context. Likewise, okay, verse 22, likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. So you know what? We called tonight the free people event, but technically you're not free. You're Christ's slave. What that means is, you said, I'm bought with a price. My body is not my own. My time is not my own. My money is not my own. And I'm single. And I'm all yours, God. And that's the truth tonight. No one in this room, no one in our church, and no one in the world who serves God is free to do whatever they want. You still are submitted to God at this stage of your life. So, I want you to understand that while right now you're trying to grapple with being single, sometimes maybe you're you're good, maybe you don't have any problems tonight, but if you are, understand that in this season of being free, God has a calling for your life. God has a plan for you right now, and you don't have to get married to fulfill it. You don't have to keep putting off your ministry because you want to see who you're going to marry. Today is the day to say to the Lord, what do you want me to do with my freedom? Quit dreaming of a man or a woman. Quit dreaming of relationship. Quit dreaming of all that and dream, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And I'm telling you, if it's ever God's will for you to be married, God will put the person on the path. Don't seek the person, seek the path. Because anyone that God wants you to marry will be on the path. That's the way it was with my wife and I. We chose the path, and our paths crossed. 
and it complemented our ministries. Because the goal of everything God does is for us to become greater for Him. Some are single, some are married, but it's all for, all for Him. And that's our goal, our goal tonight. Can we, would y'all mind coming down here? Let's pray together before we go. Um, Sister Green, I, want, I just want to worship. Just across the front's fine. We're done. We're just done. I just want us to stand up here together. I'll, I'm going to lead you in maybe a prayer. And thank y'all so much again for coming. Thank y'all. Thank you. A couple few of you guys for coming to help Angel out tonight. He was here for a good five minutes alone. and He was praying for some more males to come. Yeah. Um, y'all, y'all, have to, y'all have to have each other's backs. You've got you've to be there for each other, you know? You've got to watch out for each other. And there are no excuses. If you need to hang out with somebody, there are people right here in our church that you can hang out with. Find somebody else. You, you find a guy and say, you know what? Right now we're free. Let's do Bible study. No such thing as being lonely. No such thing as being like, well, I don't have anybody I belong to. Yes, you, number one, you belong to Jesus. Number two, you belong to the church. You have a pastor. You have a pastor's wife. You are not alone. You've got brothers and sisters. You are not alone, but you are free. You're more free than a lot of people. And the, the calling tonight for you that the Holy Ghost sent us to do tonight on this Friday night, the calling is to use this season to do something for God. And if it's God's will to partner you with someone else, you'll find them on the path of ministry. You'll find them there. But enough feeling sorry for yourselves. Y'all, is that good? Y'all, y'all with me tonight? Enough feeling sorry for yourselves. And if you're not good, then just let me preach and get it, get it over with. Enough feeling sorry for yourselves. The potential in this group, in our church, and those that are watching online, some were sick tonight, the potential is so powerful that you have no idea what you could accomplish right now with your freedom. And so use it. Use it. Not, we're not sad for y'all. We're not, we're not sad for y'all. We don't look down at y'all. Don't think that I'm better. That's not the case. I really, I really respect you. Because you know what? Every morning you get up, you get up between you and Jesus, and you don't have anybody there saying, come on, serve God. I respect you. You're powerful people of God. You know? You're powerful. You're making it. In Jesus' name. So I just want to take a moment, Sister Green, if you just lead us in worship, and let's just take a few minutes before we leave. Let's pray together, and uh, let's just ask God to help us pray God's anointing right now. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We worship you, God. Thank you, God. Let's let the Holy Ghost comfort us and help us right now. Thank you, Lord. I want you to be enough for us. God, we are not going to feel sorry for ourselves, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, God, touch us right now. Thank you, God, for this time of our lives, God. Thank you, God, for those in our church right now. Thank you, God, for the men of our church, the ladies of our church, that right now, God, there's a purpose for them. There's a purpose for their lives, God. There's so much they can accomplish. In the name of Jesus.
See? 